I'm Lynn Wolf, and welcome to this edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series, Four Traits of Today's Successful Salespeople. The topic is part of the Managing the Store series by Mike Wiles. Mike has been in the retail and wholesale equipment business for over 20 years. He's the host of AskTractorMike.com, a site that educates new tractor customers, and co-owns EDM for Sales, which develops websites for dealers. Mike is also presenting at the 2018 Dealership Mind Summit, hosted by Farm Equipment, Rural Lifestyle Dealer Sister Magazine. The summit is a dealers-only networking event centered on the theme of intelligence-driven marketing. It will be held July 24th and 25th in Iowa City, Iowa. Go to www.farm-equipment.com to register. This podcast is brought to you by Yanmar. I encourage you to subscribe to this series currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. Then you will receive an alert about upcoming episodes when they are released. Thank you to Yanwar for bringing us this podcast. Don't settle for less when you can have more. Yanmar makes all its compact tractors major drivetrain components, the Yanmar engine, transmission and axles all in-house. You and your customers get a hardworking machine with more usable horsepower, less power loss, and a smoother, more comfortable ride. Yanmar's tractors are designed to work as hard as you do for a lifetime. Strengthen your dealership today with Yanmar. Email them at agmarketing at yanmar.com or call them at 770-877-9894. The rural equipment market is growing rapidly and dealerships need to constantly adapt to this evolving customer segment. Mike Wiles looks at trends that dealers need to take advantage of, especially the idea of building communities, focusing on teaching and problem solving, and developing in-house mentors. Thanks for joining us today, Mike, to talk about the four traits of successful rural lifestyle people. You've covered this topic before in, in your columns and podcasts and webinars, and especially the idea of the changing rural lifestyle customer base and, and how dealers need to adapt and their sales team needs to adapt. Um, can you talk about that, especially in terms of those, the four traits? The thing that kind of got uh, got us started thinking about this is uh, I think Forbes magazine did an article that talked about 10 traits that uh, they see as changing in business in the next year or two. Looking at those, I, I picked out four that have, to me, tremendous application to the rural lifestyle dealer and, and his customer base. The number one thing that that article said was anybody selling anything needs to build a sense of community. And, and building a sense of community means that uh, people feel tied in with the, not only the dealership, but with other users of the product. I think the people that have kind of uh, opened my eyes to how, how well this can work is the people that uh, are in the uh, recreational power equipment business, uh, people that have jet skis or people that have uh, get out and, and, and ride snowmobiles or, you know, the people that are enthusiasts on, on utility vehicles, recreational utility vehicles. And generally, when you have a, a dealership that's doing well with that market, there's one or two salespeople that are, that are out on weekends with that crowd with their own machines. And when you, when you have your own staff out at events like that, rubbing shoulders with the folks that are, are actually using the equipment, that really builds a nice relationship and leads to a lot of sales. 
and then you reinforce that with social media. There's a there's a couple of people I follow that work at dealerships I've worked with before that are, are you know they're they're out with their snowmobiles on weekends and they're and they're shooting back video and, and pictures and everything. And if if that's your thing, uh, you're you're uh, you're really being sold by that experience they're having. And and the challenge the challenge for us in the, in you know selling products like compact tractors and zero turn mowers and, and things like that is it's it's more of a work item than it is a play item. But I, I still think there's an opportunity that that um, we've all kind of missed in in getting our people together and, and building kind of a little community. The the one thing that most of them have in common today is is, you know, I think a higher percentage and I've said this all along and it's getting even higher as time goes on of the people that are buying compact tractors have never owned one or, or never been on a tractor, never lived on a farm. And, uh, you know, I think 10 years ago, their granddad may have had a farm and they spent some time there, but now they're, they are totally coming into the tractor world with no experience. And so I think uh, the way you build community with them is to have small events where you bring them in and just show them how to use the equipment. And, um, you know, I think of attachments that, that, most everybody has when they buy a compact tractor, they usually buy a front end motor on it and how to, how to move a dirt pile. And, and so if we had a, a front end loader training day and we invited all our compact tractor people in, I think you'd have, you'd be surprised how many people came in and have, you know, a service person or somebody that's good with compact tractors, a salesperson or whoever, uh, get on the tractor and, and, and show them how to, attack a dirt pile, how to know when the bucket is level going into the dirt pile, how to, how to pick up the dirt and things like that. So uh, getting them all together and building loyalty with the dealership and building relationships with parts, service, and salespeople, and, and also with each other kind of builds a community. So I, I think specific training events like that, um, uh, when I worked at, in, in the dealership world, uh, we had a commercial uh, lawn mowing night that's uh, since I've left the dealerships grown even bigger every year that where I used to work and they have all the commercial lawn mowing people in for one night and feed them well and show new products and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and take a poll of what, what do you see coming in? Are you, are you looking at propane? Are you looking at uh, bigger engines? What size decks? Are you looking at, you know, stand-ons where, where are you going? So we know kind of what to order and, and what do what do you guys see as trends and you're building a relationship back and forth with the customers and, and seeking their input. And it's, it's just a win-win all the way around when you can build community like that. That was the first thing that the Forbes article said. And a little bit later on, um, they said something that kind of really ties in with that. And, and especially in our industry, they said that uh, the uh, sales is going to be more of a, a teaching process than it is um, selling on features and benefits. In fact, this article uh, said that, the day of feature and benefit selling may be over. And especially like with compact tractors, when you have customers that are coming in that, that don't know what they are and how they work, um, the more time that, that our sales department can spend, I think the challenge is giving them, giving them what they can't get on the Internet. On the Internet, they can, they can line up your brand with everybody else's brand and see who has the most hydraulic flow and who has the most lift capacity and all that stuff. They already know that when they walk in the dealership. What they, what they really can't do on the Internet is, is to have somebody show them how to work a loader joystick, show them how, you know, how to win and how to engage four-wheel drive and you know, just give them the basic education. And so 
I, I think when it even, even clear back to our hiring process, we need to be, when we're screening salespeople, we need to be looking less at the guy that maybe has a, a background like a, a car dealer has it that accelerates them toward the close and, and, and uh, uses different psychological tactics to get them to, to sign the, on the dotted line and more towards toward an educator, a teacher that can show, show them all the things that the machine can do and how to be safe with it, how to maintain it and all that stuff. And, uh, and it's, it's a lot less selling and a lot more educating. And, and that, that also ties into building community and building relationships. I, I saw an article the other day that said that where we're at right now, that the quality of the relationship was more important than the quality of the product. And I think that's a, a major change in where we, we were. Yeah, that's, that is surprising. And the idea, too, of the um, – what are your thoughts on the idea of uh, features and benefits selling um, going away? Um, is there – is it really more of, you know, adapting it as opposed to that whole kind of approach going away? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Well, that leads into the next, <laughs> the next thing of the Forbes article was being a problem solver. And I think if, if we boil the, the features and benefits down to what exactly it solves in terms of problems that the customer has, I think we can use them. But I think if, if we're just telling features and benefits, throwing out numbers, and, and I've seen this done a lot over the years in the business, uh, we, we, we missed the point. They can, get the, they can get all those numbers online. It, it's a matter of, uh, and, and, and that doesn't start with us talking, that starts with us listening. Being a problem solver on the list on the Forbes deal, and, and to be a problem solver, we've got to identify first the problem. So I think we, we need salespeople that are asking a lot of questions early on and, and, and doing a good job of listening to the answers and then relating all of that down to how does my product fit into solving uh, these problems that this customer has. And, and, and then when, we, when we're, we've shown them that, then how my, my product solves their problem quicker or better or more efficiently than my competitor, that's when you can kind of bring in the features and benefits. But that's 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 way on down the road after you've built relationship, after you've asked a lot of questions and listened to the answers. Well, and I think the point that you made you know, early on with the idea of, of community, and I think also in, in terms of the, the selling approach, um, this idea of the niche, um, you know, reaching uh, that community through the niche. Um, so, you know, the idea that they would come in for a um, like a loader school as opposed to just an open house. I thought those you had made some really good points there in terms of really understanding your customers and, and getting them into the store. And so the idea too is it's hard to do this, especially with uh, salespeople that have um, followed a certain approach for selling for many years. And and um, you've talked a lot in past columns too about how to you know educate your sales staff to this new kind of selling. Um, and one way um, is the idea of this, the social learning you talked about. Can you explain what you mean there? Social learning is, uh, was also identified in this, in this Forbes article. And, and what social learning is, is taking your better people that have certain skills and, and using them to try to educate your other staff members and bring them up to the same level. I've, I've actually tried to do that a few times uh, in the dealership world and, and, and really had pretty good luck with it. Uh, there's, there's, there's a few things you've kind of got to watch out for, but um, 
let's say you have a, a, a person back in the shop that's uh, just amazing at um, servicing compact tractors or, or uh, your, your, your best uh, lawnmower person. Having them come, come up to the front of the building and, and spend an hour in the slow season sharing the knowledge that the salespeople need with them, uh, I think has tremendous benefit. I think a lot of times we, we ignore an asset that we have inside the building in, in lieu of sending, uh, and, and instead we send our, our people off to, to somebody else's sales training school where they're probably hammered with features and benefits when we could be actually learning more and spending less money doing it back with it, with the people in the shop that, that know the product and, and, and cross training, um, across different departments. If you, uh, you know, the, the salespeople really should be thinking on down the road for the benefit of the business, they will get paid for it probably. But, but, uh, you know, what, what should you be telling the customer in the sales process when you pretty much already closed the deal about your parts department, because that's, that's good margin there. So, uh, having, having, uh, one of your parts people that the sales people all look up to spending a, a few minutes training, I think has, has tremendous benefit. And, and then having the salespeople train, train the parts and the service people, this is, this, these are the hurdles that I go through that, you know, that I, I could use help on and, and, and get good communication going back and forth. And something like that, the first time you do it can real easily turn into a gripe session. There, there kind of need to be some ground rules set about uh, how we need to keep it positive and, and keep, keep our total focus in this meeting on how we can improve our customers' experience when they come in the building uh, number one and number two, how we can improve our processes. Everything flows more smoothly, but I think training back and forth between the different departments uh, it, it does two things. It, it helps helps um, people realize what the other uh, other coworkers are going through. That you know we may I may be as a salesperson causing problems for my service department that I don't realize I'm causing. And, and number two, when you ask somebody to train others, you're telling them you are a valued person on my staff and I, I really appreciate your knowledge and, and would love to, to share, for you to share it with other people on my staff and it will help them be better employees. And I think that builds up your employees and we all need that to, to keep, them, keep them with us. Well, and, and also this is something that needs to happen more than, than once every couple of years. So probably maybe even a couple times a year you're thinking or, or, you know, what would be a good practice there? You know, that's something I, I don't, I don't think you can overdo. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a, basically it's a staff meeting with more of a purpose to it. And the more communication we can have back and forth between management and, and sales and parts and service and accounting and everybody in the building, I think the better. And, and so if you can, if you can uh, kind of structure the meeting as being a training, we're going to take, take our, uh, you know, our, our person that does our, our paperwork for our, uh, our contracts, we're going to have them train uh, everybody in the building. So they kind of understand what's, what goes through that and, you know, bring in donuts, keep it lighthearted, you know, do it first thing in the morning before it gets busy or doing it last thing. I have better, better luck doing it first thing in the morning than last thing at night at night. Everybody's wanting to get out the door. And, and so do it in the morning, bring in donuts and keep it light, lighthearted and, and keep a fair structure to it. Keep it positive. And 
I, I don't think you can really overdo I, I, I say you can't overdo You wouldn't want to do it, you know, every day or, or probably even every week. But, you know, once a month uh, outside of the busy season is, is definitely, uh, I think, is very, very productive. And I think the employees will appreciate it. We'll rejoin the discussion, but I did want to take a moment and again thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for making this program possible. Yanmar continuously strives to exceed customer expectations and deliver exceptional lifetime value. Visit them at yanmartractor.com backslash new dealer inquiry. So far in this podcast, Mike Wiles has talked about the importance of building community, and one way to do that is through workshops, such as a front-end loader training day. Salespeople should also start focusing on solving problems as opposed to just selling on features and benefits. Give customers what they can't find on the internet. Let's get back to the program and hear more about being successful in today's rural equipment market. You had mentioned early on about the rural lifestylers being new to tractors. Um, And so probably a lot of them are just new to the dealerships in general and probably the first time that they would have walked into an equipment dealership. Just in terms of kind of some best practices, I know you talk about, you know, asking the right questions, but what do you do in those first important few minutes with these new kinds of customers? My experience has been that when you first greet this customer, and and I, I really think, and I wrote this in an article here a while back, what they're used to and what 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 they're thinking and their expectation level is when they go in our dealership is that we're just like the car dealers. And uh, if, if you're car shopping, uh, you generally know what you want when you go in the dealership and you'll visit, uh, I think the statistic is like 1.7 dealers on the average before you make a decision on which car you're going to buy. So you, you've pretty much honed it down. And unless that dealer messes up, you're going to buy there. And that's why when we're, when we're on the, on the car dealer's lot, uh, there's somebody out there chasing our car around trying to stop us to get us to come in uh, because they may just have that one shot to get us in. And if they don't take advantage of it, uh, they may lose us forever. And they know that. And so that's kind of the uh, expectation level these rural lifestyle customers have is that we're just like car dealers. And the difference in, in the car dealer, they know what a car is when they're there. They've researched it. They understand how to operate it. They don't need a lot of training. And so they're going in, uh, you know, hammering on price and, and, and they're, they're way down in the, in, the sales, in the sales funnel when they get there. At our dealership, we've got to start with education. And, and so, uh, you know, the, again, the first few minutes is just asking questions. What are you, what are you trying to do? How, how big is your place? Uh, what, uh, are, you know, is your, is your goal moving dirt around or is it moving gravel or you, or you want to cut pastures and, and, and what other tasks do you want to do? And just getting to kind of know them and, and ask questions. And I'm, I was one that when I was in the sales world, I could kind of read their body language. And the first, and it varied from person to person, the first couple of minutes to five minutes to 10 minutes, uh, they're, they're on edge and, and they're kind of treating me like I were a car dealer and they don't really want to let their guard down. But the more questions I'm asking them and listening to their answers, uh, all of a sudden you can feel kind of a, a relief and a trust build up. And then pretty soon they're sharing a lot of information about where they are and what they're doing. And, and, and then, then you can get down to showing them your, your product and, and going that way. So it's first a, 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 an educational and a trust building experience. And then the sales comes way on down the line. If you start out with the sales, I think you'll run them off. Well, I know with your work too, with your website and, and YouTube channel of ask, ask 
the idea of, of showing is so important. So, you know, whether dealers have the idea of being able to use videos, but you can, you know, definitely have more of that show mentality in the dealership as well. Um, you know, I guess improving the way you walk around the equipment, um, that kind of approach. Absolutely. Uh, get, get them out there and, and, and show them what they do and realize that if any of us went in to buy an airplane, didn't know much about airplanes, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be comfortable trying to have the thing take off and land the first day. And that's how a lot of these folks view a tractor. So they're going to be a little bit hesitant about um, getting on it and driving it on the lot. So the uh, first thing we want to do is get them comfortable with, with how to start it and stop it and, and how to be safe with it on the lot. And then after the sale, I think where we're a lot of us miss the boat and where my website and my YouTube channel picks up a lot of people uh, and I hear this from the comments is after the sale, you know, we talked about being a problem and you've given them, you know, your, you, I, I need to keep my, my ditches mode, my pasture mode. That's my problem. And I want to move a little dirt around. Well, you've sold me a tractor and you've delivered it and I've gotten out on it and I don't know how to engage four wheel drive and the back wheel spinning when I'm trying to get in a, in a pile of dirt. And I, I don't know how to get the brush hog off. You know, there's a whole lot of problems I have more problems when after the tractor is delivered that I can't solve by myself. And so I think it's extremely critical and, and very, very few people do this to contact the customer, you know, a couple of days to a week after delivery and see if, if the delivery of the product has created more problems and how to solve those problems. And if you don't, uh, they'll go on YouTube and that's where they find me. And I'm on there showing them, uh, you know, one of my most popular videos is how to take a rotary cutter off a tractor. And obviously everybody that's watched that has, has taken delivery of a tractor and they don't know how to get the, the cutter off of it. That's where the dealer, the dealer didn't show them and or didn't follow up to find out if they knew. So now they're, they're out on the internet. Well, you've lost them at that point and you've lost their loyalty. So I really, really think uh, we, we need to be doing a better, a better job. And I've, I've been bad about not doing this too, but it's, it's critical uh, following up after they've purchased the tractor and seeing how they're doing with it. And, uh, and maybe a month later, check up. And, and then when they, when they find out all the capabilities a tractor can do, uh, you know, they'll quickly realize there's other attachments that they need to own. And, you know, those are generally pretty good margin items. So, uh, don't don't think you're selling them a tractor and a cutter and a loader and they're gone forever. They'll be they'll be back if you take care of. Them. Well, and and that uh, point too has been brought up by a couple of dealers I've talked to recently um, in terms of you know the idea of taking care of them so that you have uh, testimonials that you can share. Um, you know, one dealer I talked with they uh, had offered a uh, hundred dollars uh, in store credit for referrals. Another uh, dealer has a has a list of names that he'll provide. Um, uh, based on certain equipment. So um, I think in terms of this new kind of customer, the social media um, type customer, those a dealer really needs to be armed with some, some of those referrals to, to help with the word of mouth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Social media is such a, uh, you know, YouTube and, and Facebook to a, uh, probably a little lesser degree. Uh, I think we, we you know, and, and I understand, I've been in the dealership, time is the problem. Having time, you know what you'd like to do, and then you have what's in front of you. You have to get done every day, and I understand time is a is a, is a very precious commodity. But if if you'd have told me 20 years ago that, uh, and and this is basically what YouTube is, that I would have access to basically what is a free 
world, worldwide broadcasting platform that I could, I could get my message out to anybody anywhere that has internet service for free. All I have to do is put my message together and present it in a way that either educates, entertains, or inspires. And, and I could, I could pick up viewers and there's dealers that are doing it right. I've, I've, I've watched a few guys that are, are really using the full potential of social media, but it, it takes a commitment in time, but, but that's, that's a free platform that you can use. And it's, it's like having your own free television station. And I think if people would have told us 20 years ago, you can have that, we'd have killed for it back then. And now it's kind of taken for granted and underutilized. Well, and one question I wanted to ask too about this idea of the, the successful rural lifestyle salesperson and, and going back to a, a problem that our dealers talk about is the idea of finding employees. Um, what are your thoughts in terms of just bringing in somebody who's a good salesperson um, into the rural equipment market and and training them on the equipment? How successful can dealers be with that? Well, I would almost rather have, especially on the rural lifestyle equipment, a salesperson that possessed good communication skills, a good work ethic, and empathy more than someone that knows how to take it apart, put it back together, and make it run again. I think especially on this on this small equipment where the customer coming in has never used it, uh, you don't have to know every bit of minutia information about that piece of equipment to sell it. I think you just have to know what it does. I think a lot of times our dealerships are missing the boat, uh, and, and this is kind of a logistical nightmare, but I would want my people – uh, especially the ones that don't have a lot of experience with the equipment. Um, if you got a used one, you traded for a late model one, let them take it to home over the weekend and use it to find out what it can do. And uh, and getting some seat time on the equipment, that's the quickest way to learn what a piece of equipment will do. So I'm almost of the, uh, I, I mean, it's getting tougher every day to find farm farm kids uh, with good communication skills that can, can be in sales. Uh, I think training a, a person without the, the ag experience is, is, is probably less of a deal than going the other way. Yeah, I think I think dealers have to be you know looking for good employees wherever they can find them. Um, any other uh, thoughts you wanted to share in terms of the idea of what makes a successful rural lifestyle salesperson today? I, I, th- I think it, it, it boils it boils down to to empathy and feeling what that what that customer is feeling developing a relationship. I, I, another, another thing I read the other day, um, a huge percentage of the decision on where I'm going to buy is based on my perception in the sales process of who will take care of problems the best. So I think I've, I've heard salespeople before that, uh, treated service issues as it's not my job. It's my job to sell it. I don't know how to fix it. And those people need to go away. There's, there's no place for them in today's, in today's business. I think that the, the person, uh, the salesperson and, and really any employee that can be hired that treats the owner's problems as their own is, is who we want. And, uh, and you, you said it, uh, it's getting really hard to find those people. 
uh, they're out there. And, and I think it's, it's, uh, I think we're having to go through more bodies and more training to get the keepers, but uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's worth the effort to get the right people. Thank you again to Mike Wiles for sharing these sales strategies. He suggests that dealers continue the relationship after the sale by checking in with the customer a few days after delivery. The customer may have encountered additional needs that the dealership can help solve. Mike says that a big part of a customer's purchase decision is deciding which dealerships will take care of them the best. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Yanmar, for helping make this Rural Lifestyle Dealer podcast series possible. And please share your feedback on today's program by sending me an email to lwolf at lessetermedia.com or call me at 316-648-3717. Keep up on the latest rural equipment news and trends by registering online for our e-newsletter and be sure to follow us on Twitter and on our Facebook page. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and from dealers. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening.